Hola, ¿qué tal amigos? Welcome to another episode of Academics on Amigos. I am your host, Anthony Ramirez. We have a great episode today. This week I get to interview one of my best friends, Dimitri D. Garcia. He's a principal, educator, administrator, and he's also going for an EDD at Texas A&M University. So that being said, let's get started. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Academics and Amigos. I am here with one of my best friends. Like He is not just a friend, but he is a family member. He is a brother to me. We've known each other for over 10 plus years. Um, and we have so many fun stories together, a lot of great times together. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy to have him here as a guest on Academics and Amigos. So without further ado, Dimitri Garcia, how are you, man? Well, thanks, Anthony. That was a wonderful introduction. And uh, it, I had to stop for a second and think about, we've known each other for about 15 or 16 years. It's been a while. It, it's, yeah, it has been a while. It's crazy to think that, man. Like going back to our, because we met playing video games. I know that. We met playing video games through our friend Luis and Carlos, so like our friends Luis and Carlos. And then and that, I want to say that was 2006 or 2007. It was it was around when Gears of War two came out. I remember because yeah. that's when we got was, we were all into Gears of War, like those video games on Xbox. And so yeah, so thinking about that. But um, one of the cool things about D that I want to mention because um, I, I call him D. You know, that's how close we are. We, we you know we, we we call each other like um, we have our nicknames for each other and everything like that. Like and and so. Um, you know, Dimitri here is also an EDD student at Texas A&M University and also a principal at uh, Perryton Junior High School. So I think that's really cool. And those are some of the things we're going to talk about today in uh, this episode about his pursuit for a doctoral degree mm-hmm. um, and, and also like how he balances his, his um, work life with his doctoral life and even his uh, family life, too. I think that's really interesting. <laughs> you know, you have to find that interesting balance between all three. It's, it's a hard juggle, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I know we've had plenty of conversations like when we're just gaming together because we, st- we all still game together. We um, we have a little gaming group with our other two uh, best friends, uh, Javier Chavarin and Xavier Adame. Um, and so shout out to, to our boys. To our homies from El Paso, repping EP 915. Always, always. <laughs> so, yeah, so shout out to them. And, uh, yeah, you know, but um, I'm, I'm super glad to have you here, D. Like like I was saying, man, like, it's it's it, this is a long time coming. It's been a long time coming. That Well, I really appreciate being on uh, Academics and Amigos. I, I follow you uh, for very selfish reasons, but I know you're doing great work up there in College Station, and I'm just excited for this opportunity. So, dude, let's get started then. Let's get started. Yeah. So I want to know about your education. Like I know um, your bachelor's, you started here at Texas A&M and then yeah. uh, you transferred to, what was it? UTEP, right? UTEP. And that was where you got your uh, English degree and then uh, you got your master's where was it? At the University of Texas at the Permian Basin there and uh, Odessa. Right. Okay, cool, cool. And then now you're getting you're back at Texas Mm -hmm. A&M pursuing a doctoral degree. So how has that experience been for you? Like how um, how did you decide to pursue a doctoral degree in your educational trajectory? Well, part of it is um, ego driven, if I'm going to be entirely honest. You know, when I when I was there first as an undergraduate, uh, I remember, excuse me, since 
probably third grade, I wanted to go to uh, College Station, Texas A&M, because my dream was to be a marine biologist. And uh, as a weird little kid, I knew exactly what I wanted to be. And I knew that Texas A&M's program that feeds into their uh, Galveston uh, satellite campus uh, for marine biology was the best uh, in Texas, or is the best in Texas, excuse me. Um, But life happens. Uh, My mom got really sick. Uh, She was in the hospital and she was going through a divorce. Uh, She was married to my stepdad uh, for 13 years. And uh, the family reached out. You know, I was in my third year there at Texas A&M. And they said, hey, you need to come home to El Paso and help. And that's just part of being, you know, traditional Hispanic. You put everything aside for your family and there's no regrets. Uh, My mom needed me. And um, I'm not the oldest in my family. I'm I'm, uh, uh, the youngest son. But I had an opportunity at that time that the Lord blessed me to be able to go home and take care of some things. So I did. Um, but it's kind of hard to, to study marine biology in El Paso, you know, in the Chihuahua desert outside of fossil life or three eyed catfish from the, the, the Rio Grande. So, uh, I did an audible, um, went in, into a sharp right and, uh, fell in love with, uh, literature all over again. Mm-hmm. You and I kind of have a, a similar origin. We've always liked comic books and graphic novels, but, you know, there's still uh, a stereotype about that not being mm-hmm. considered literature in certain mm-hmm. realms and certain circles, even though you and I can argue for hours on end that that's that's fine art, that's literature, mm-hmm. that's talking about social issues that other mediums weren't even addressing some of these issues uh, at the time uh, when you're going back to like the 60s and 70s. But um, I just got blessed with uh, English literature. I had uh, Dr. Ezra Capel and Dr. Uh, Mansfield Kelly. She was the uh, head of the English department at the time I was there at UTEP, and they just invested in me, and uh, I fell in love with literature. And then I graduated the height of the recession. Um, I had a job lined up to uh, work as an editor for West Texas Publishing for the University of of Texas in Austin. Uh, That's where my father-in-law worked. Uh, He was the head of uh, distribution and sales. And, uh, well... I got hired and let go within uh, two weeks. I didn't even get my first day uh, on the job. Um, They downsized the entire department. Uh, You know, when the entire country was at a 10 or 11% unemployment rate, uh, nobody's buying books. So that just happened to find myself in Presidio, Texas, right on the border of uh, of Ohinaga, Chihuahua, and in education. And I was an English teacher. And the superintendent and district there blessed me. They invested in me. Um, and so I was able to get my master's principalship and superintendency all through uh, the University of Texas of the Permian Basin. And they paid for everything. They just took care of me for nine years. But in the back of my mind, there was always this, this desire, one, for the Aggie ring, which I just got two weeks ago, right? Celebration. Um, but I, I never felt that I finished what I set out to originally do. And though <clears throat> I'm still enamored with uh, sea life and, and, and oceans and all that type of stuff. Um, that's just not my career anymore. I'm passionate about education. And so I wanted to do something that would give me an opportunity to call myself a, a real Aggie uh, in the sense that I've graduated from Texas A&M and Collin Station, but to help further my understanding of specifically how to serve English learners and uh, impoverished communities. Mm-hmm. And so I did a lot of research and I studied um, some of the programs that they have there and offerings that they have at Texas A&M. And one of them 
is the EDD and curriculum and instruction. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Uh, Varuru, uh, Radhika Varuru, she is the head of the program and she is a angel. She's an act- absolute sweetheart. Um, not only, you know, has she written the book uh, <laughs> that, that more or less uh, is developed as the cornerstone and foundation for the curriculum and instruction program, but all the professors that are in the program, um, they're brilliant. Uh, most of them are former educators and uh, the K through 12. Uh, some of them have been uh, not just teachers, but administration and superintendents. And so the pool of, of ex- experienced educators that are, are teaching uh, the ministries for tomorrow is just superb. And so it's been a wonderful experience. Um, I'm almost done with chapter four right now. And so uh, I'm getting real excited in the coming month uh, to be able to finish uh, my record of study and defend it. So that's where I'm at right now with uh, my my program there at AM. That's awesome. Like you're there. You're like, <laughs> you see the light at the end of the tunnel. I, I finally see the light. It's been just over four years. This is the the first semester into my fifth year uh, for the program. That's awesome, man. Um, And so my next question for you is like, what has that experience been like for you being a doctoral student and a professional on on top of being a family man too because you have three kids with your beautiful wife Callie shout out to Callie um you know who who's like a sister to me too you know and I know I know all your kids and and everything like that you know um so yeah that's a that's a great question um you know one I wouldn't have been able to get where I'm at if it wasn't for my wife Callie you know Mm -hmm. she's my best friend she's my everything and so a lot of a lot of respect and love for everything that she sacrificed to help me um, do what I need to with not just my studies, but uh, with my professional expectations, because it's been hard. Um, but we made this decision together as a team, knowing that investing in my career and my studies is going to be an investment for the family with respect to more opportunities. Um, but I've definitely missed things. You know, I've, I've missed some first moments. Um, my oldest is is uh, 14 years old. Um, you know, he's adopted. Uh, I lost my brother um, six years ago in July. Um, he suffered from depression, among other things, a former soldier, uh, and was stationed there at Fort Bliss. And he left behind two kids. And so uh, the oldest, uh, who was severely neglected and abused, uh, we adopted him. And uh, that was right after I had just had our first, my namesake, Dimitri Daniel Garcia Jr. He was about five months old when I brought in an eight-year-old. And uh, my wife, with so much grace and humility, looked at me and said, this is what we got to do. So this is what we got to do. But it's been very difficult. You know, I I saw even a few months ago a picture of our our first house down in uh, Presidio, Texas, and it's about three o'clock in the morning, and um, we had we had just uh, picked up uh, Elijah to come live with us, and he didn't quite have his own room yet. It was uh, my office that we put a bed in in the corner for the time being until we can get everything sorted out. And he's knocked out of sleep, happy as can be, and I'm there with a the little lamp at the desk at my computer, still reading and writing. Um, I don't know how I did it. I, I, I mean, to be entirely candid, I don't know how I made it to where I'm at right now. You know, I was a principal, I was a city councilman. Um, I was stretched super thin. 
Two years after that, we had our, our third uh, Thea Ruth, my baby girl. And it's just been a whirlwind. But I can tell you one, <clears throat> one candid thing is that I'm not where I'm at because of me. Um, I'm here because of the people that have invested in me, uh, the community of uh, Presidio and Perryton that has welcomed me and supported me and given me opportunities for continued growth. Um, there's days, especially in the fall to early spring, where we've got volleyball and basketball and uh, football and track and cross country, where I'm pulling 14 hour days um, just at work. And I'm doing that uh, three to four times uh, a week, plus doing everything that I've got to as a doctorate student with Texas A&M. <clears throat> I don't know how I did it. Uh, I went on very little sleep, but it, it wasn't for uh, if it wasn't for my family and friends and people like you, and maybe a lot of professionals, especially adults uh, that are, are from our generation, you know, in the 80s and 90s, might be able to understand. But this is a very, very lonely, uh, trying experience. And you, as a doctoral student yourself, uh, it's hard to explain because if you're if you haven't made the commitment and sacrifices to pursue a doctorate anywhere, right? Not just with A and M, but any program. You don't know not just the financial commitment, but the commitment of time. Like there's, you 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 sacrifice relationships, right? You sacrifice experiences. Yeah. Um, you sacrifice those moments because you're investing in yourself, mm -hmm. and you know, or at least you're hoping, right? Yeah, that yeah. it's going to pay. It's going to pay back uh, mm -hmm. in the end. And so it's it's been difficult, but I'm blessed for the opportunity, and I'm almost at the end. I see the end of the light, like you had said. So I'm really excited to hopefully wrap this up and then start a new chapter of my life. That's awesome, man. And I, like, I, I've seen you, like we, we, you know, because of how close we are, we, we talk almost every day. Like, like our group of friends talks almost every day with uh, one another. <laughs> and um, we keep in touch either through video games or through our group chat, or we mm -hmm. FaceTime with one another. So we, we're a very close knit group. Like we really are. Like all of our families know each other. And, um, we know our high, we've been, we've seen each other at our highest and our lowest, you know, Oh, definitely. we yeah. really have. And so, um, you know, we, you know, our, it really is like a brotherhood of, of friends that we really do have, like our, our connection is like that and family. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's, we, we try to keep ourselves like in check too, <laughs> when we need to, you know, we've tried to push ourselves like, you like we've like you and I both you know as PhD students we've told the guys you know we're like we can't game today we have to work on our comprehensive exam we have to work on yep. writing we have to <clears throat> got to study got to research yeah. yeah you know and so um it it's uh and like you said it it can be a very lonely experience being a PhD student you know um it's 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 definitely an interesting journey in general. Um, but let's talk a little bit about your, your work as an educator, as a principal and administrator. Um, so for you, what have been some standout moments, um, for you as an educator and administrator? Like what have some things that you've been proud of? I, I can tell you, you know, before I got into education, uh, worked with, uh, uh, human resources at the university of Texas at El Paso. Uh, you may remember that because, uh, uh, for the listeners, for academics and amigos, um, I uh, was blessed with the opportunity to hire my replacements. And my boss said, 
that uh, I needed to hire two people uh, to replace me. So, of course, um, I thought of my two friends, uh, you and our, our other brother, uh, Javi. So um, we, we weren't just gamers. We also worked together in the past uh, at the collegiate level. Yeah. But um, I also was in software and web development for a company called Tomorrow Now Incorporated based out of Bryan College Station. Um, I've done some things. I've done a couple things here and there. And uh, I can tell you, if you want to make money, don't get into education. Um, <laughs> but the, the most positive, impactful, um, the most humbling thing that I've ever done is become an educator. And I understand why in education, there's uh, uh, more than 50% burnout uh, where people leave education altogether uh, before the end of their fifth year as an educator um, on whatever level that might be, because it's, it's exhausting. Um, you know, you really don't have any say in changes at the federal level. You really don't have any saying changes at the state level. And uh, you would think that maybe even at the local level with board policy that you would be able to influence, have positive influence for um, uh, systemic lasting change for uh, local communities. And the fact is you really don't. Um, it, it feels, especially right now with uh, state assessments, uh, for those that aren't in public education, K through 12, um, ETS is a company based out of uh, England that does uh, all the STAR and EOC uh, state assessments from third grade through 12th grade. And uh, we just had our first round about two weeks ago and all the systems online across the entire state of uh, Texas crashed, all of them. Uh, TA even put out a, an announcement, the Texas Education Agency, that uh, they're going to move away from uh, uh, ETS as the company uh, to build and maintain all the state assessments. And six years ago, they put it out for bid, you know, to see the best bidder uh, to go ahead and, and be the one to influence uh, the future of, of all the lives of our students and the livelihoods of, of the teachers and the staff and administration. And so it, to me, it's just, it's a multi-million dollar industry and it feels like we're just gambling uh, the future of our children and, and teachers away. So um, that's definitely not one of my positive experiences, but there are some experiences that, that are mixed that really have, have, left an impact on me for, for the better um, to some extent. One of them being um, when I started out, I was an English one teacher for ninth grade and it was there in Presidio, Texas, a beautiful community on the border. It's a poor community, but it's one of the entrances to the big bend for any of the listeners who are really into camping and hiking. And, um, you know, with the air of politics right now from our former president to our current president, there were a lot of uh, conversations about border security and border safety. And, you know, my house there was less than a quarter mile from the river. I mean, you could see the Rio Grande from my backyard if you stood up on the wall. And uh, I can tell you with certainty that um, I didn't, I never feared for my life. We went over to Ojinaga, we crossed the border to go eat, dry cleaning, do a little shopping, come back. And uh, for the most part, it was really, really safe. And I say for the most part, because if you're an obnoxious, rude person, regardless of where you're at in the world, you're going to find trouble if that's what you want, right? Mm -hmm. But the truth is there, there is narco and activities on the border. I mean, that's just, that's part of the life. And uh, that's why you have customs and DEA and ICE and Border Patrol. But my second year teaching, I remember... Um, the 
principal calling a faculty meeting and uh, one of my ninth graders um, was murdered. Um, his father was involved and uh, he had all three of his sons in the vehicle with him. And he uh, uh, took uh, the middle uh, son into a carneteria, uh, into a meat market to go get some chuletas and some steaks. And uh, I guess whoever he was fighting with at the time thought that he was in the vehicle. And so they shot the vehicle up and ended up killing the oldest son, which was my student and uh, the youngest son, which was two years old. And uh, I remember that day uh, just weeping. You know, I I didn't hide it from the students. Um, What I felt is what I felt. It's just, it's just tough. And growing up in El Paso, I mean, there's some extent to that, but not maybe as transparent, but I mean, it's, it's, Anybody who lives in El Paso, I mean, we know about it, um, but it might not be as transparent as a, a student missing uh, from your seat in class the very next day type thing. You know what I mean? Um, and then just seeing too the culture of the border where you have 15 uh, year olds that the second they have their kids, so they're off and they're married to 30 plus year olds and they live in a ranch there in Chihuahua. Um, it's different, man. It's, it's definitely different when you're trying to show kids that there's an opportunity for them to develop their mind and that the ability to read and write and do math is a way out when the culture, um, values a nice boots and a nice truck and a nice buckle and a nice hat. It's hard to go against the grain. It really mm-hmm. is. And, um, that some of the experiences that I, I've just had as an educator, especially in poor and impoverished communities, where students don't have heroes that look like them or mm-hmm. sound like them or come from the same background as them, uh, then they find the closest thing that they can as a hero to look up to to emulate that. And more often than not, it's it's something that's not positive. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side to that. You know, the last time I uh, was there in Presidio as the principal of the early college uh, for William Sosa Early College High School, the valedictorian and salutatorian, um, both those kids, their fathers uh, were involved and killed uh, for being involved uh, with uh, uh, narco work. And they graduated as not only um, the first college goers in their family, but they were the first high school graduates in their family. Wow. You're talking a, a kid whose who's first experience in education in the United States was in sixth grade and the other one was in seventh grade. So they came to the United States with, with no language acquisition. And not only did uh, uh, they do well in our school system, they graduated as the top uh, one and two spots ac- academically as, as seniors from their senior class. Um, I'm proud of, of, what I've been able to accomplish in providing equitable resources and equitable support and uh, educational programs for students um, through dual credit and through on-ramps and through many different pathways to give students not just access to college credit, but also to uh, trade schools uh, like uh, uh, Texas State a technical college out of Sweetwater. We had kids that were uh, getting their welding one certifications and their OSHA certifications, and they're going for the paramedic licenses. And so uh, a lot of the programs and works, uh, excuse me, and work that I've done as an educator, specifically as an administrator has directly provided these opportunities for kids. And so I'm very, very proud of that. Um, similar to my work here in Perryton, uh, the only class that we had at Perryton Junior High were 
students were able to get high school credit was Algebra 1. And next year, it's going to be Algebra 1, um, Principles of Technology, Principles of Human Services, um, Hospitality and Tourism, Culinary Arts, um, Integrated Physics and Chemistry. We're also talking about how we can bring um, Spanish 1 down to the junior high for high school credit as well. Mm. So I'm all about finding ways to get kids just opportunities. You know, and if school isn't your thing with traditional academics, then maybe it's rocketry. And this year, um, you've heard a lot about what we've done because my oldest has been in the yeah. uh, the robotics uh, uh, program there. This is our first year at the junior high, and we won. Mm-hmm. Our, our team of 10 kids went up to Liberal Kansas, competed with um, four total states, and uh, my son's team took first place and designed in first place overall. If it wasn't for COVID-19, they would have gone to um, – the, the national championship in um, Dallas. Oh, so, you know, I've, I've had a, a, a wide experience of, of different um, things happen to me in my career as an educator, but even the things that are hurtful, like losing uh, a student, it's, it's opened my eyes and given me perspective of understanding um, just with respect to the communities and students that I serve, you know what I mean? So, that I can better understand how to best serve them. So I'm very blessed with that. Um, and that's just some of the things that I've done thus far in education. It's, uh, you know, as an instructor myself, and and it's, it's interesting the type of rapport and bond that we, we start to build with our students, even if it's just for like having students for like a semester, or just a few months, right? Um, you know, but in your particular case, you've seen students that, all four years or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and so that bond strengthens every year, you know? Oh and, yeah. And I can only imagine how difficult it might be, you know, or must be losing a student like that, you know? Um, I, I mean, I'd be heartbroken and devastated with that too, but I mean, it, it's heavy, it, you know, and I've heard other situations like that happen too. And, um, but like you said, you know, through the highs and lows, that's how we grow. Mm-hmm. As individuals and instructors and educators, administrators, et cetera, <laughs> down the line. Um, it's through that capital that we obtain that, um, you know, that's how we learn and grow and become better individuals too. not yeah, just exactly. in the education system, but in life, you know, exactly. And um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's powerful stuff. And, you know, I think that also the, the capital that you've obtained from living in El Paso, being a border, <laughs> border kid, and then going to a place like um, Presidio, that is another border town, you have an understanding and uh, an even greater understanding in, of the border, too, by living in Presidio. It's a different form of border, too, in comparison yeah. to El you know, I, I want to ask you about that because, yeah. you know, for me, growing up in El Paso, I never thought of El Paso as a big city. You know what I mean? It, it, it didn't. It just felt like home. Yeah. And so then moving away from El Paso and realizing, you know, living in a community of 10,000 or a community of 5,000 compared to what what is Juanes have like almost 2 million or something like that. And I think combined, it it's almost... I don't remember. The one that knows all that is my mom. <laughs> like she knows all that. I think my aunt knows all that too. Well, I, think, um, but I think El Paso is like maybe half a million or 300,000 yeah, something yeah. like that. And Fort Bliss is its own city, you know, yeah. with the number of soldiers that are there. And it just, it never, it just 
felt small. And of course, not anymore. I mean, you can't get anywhere in El Paso without traffic. But I mean, at one point it was like, you know, 15 minutes to get from the west side to the east side or vice versa. But um, I'm just saying that with respect to I I realize my entire career has been on the border. Mm -hmm. Uh, Perryton, you know, we're less than six miles away from from um, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Uh, When people ask where the heck Perryton is, I I tease and I say it's basically Kansas because, I mean, really less than an hour uh, I'm in liberal Kansas where uh, Dorothy's from. So, uh, and then same thing, you know, down uh, in Presidio, I mean, that's literally right on the border. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like I said, my home was less than a quarter mile away from the border. Um, And then El Paso, the same thing. So it's just, I didn't realize I've only, I've only ever really lived on the border. (laughs) Yeah. Like going back to what you were saying though, about El Paso. um, Yeah. Like, like you said, if I never thought of El Paso being like a big city, I only I only thought about it as like it's home, it's home, and I still think about it like that. It's still thing you know uh, that we both think about. Um, and uh, but moving away from it, you realize wow, it's a lot bigger than yeah. moving. Yeah, it's not like a Los Angeles or an Austin or like those or Houston for that matter. But um, it's still, you know, it's a good size city, you know. Yeah, like it definitely said, is. Especially got everything you need. Now. Yeah. And yeah. the best Mexican food in all of Texas, that's for sure. See, I'm not the only one who says it. So, for <laughs> my- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you know, you know. That's if you I'm know, saying. you know. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Oh, speaking about Mexican food, I have to ask you this, Dimitri. Um, burritos or tacos? Uh, burritos. My for man. me. For me. My wife would say tacos, but yeah. for me, man, you wrap anything up in a tortilla and feed it to me. Uh, I mean, it's just, dude, I miss burritos. It's like we, when you were in town last time, I remember we had that conversation. That yeah, where to get a good burrito in College Station. Uh, any of the listeners from College Station, you got to hit up uh, Academics and Amigos. Let us know where's the best burrito in College Station. And we're not Academics. talking about, we're not talking about like Freebirds or Chipotle. We're talking about like a burrito. Yeah, Freebirds, free I've got respect, but that's yeah. not, that's a different thing. It's yeah. it's tasty. It's good. But yeah. we're talking like traditional burros, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we went off tangent for a bit, but you know, it, it, it's a part of our culture. It's a part of who we are. Hey, food. two fat boys. We're, we're just as excited about culture <laughs> and education as we are about eating. So, <laughs> dude, well, last time that you were in town, that's what we were doing. We were like enjoying like all our favorite little we churned down good spots, man. Wonderful wings, great pizza in downtown. Brian, what's the name of that place? That you took me to? Oh, my gosh. That's that's phenomenal. That was a great, great place. Dude, it's really good. It's super good. You know, so I mean, and then I was, I was going to take you somewhere else too, but I just we ran out of time. Um, but next time you're in town, I'll definitely take you somewhere. Um, so, my final question for you are like, is, my final question for you is, what are some goals that you have for yourself in the future? Like, whether it's a principal um, or as a different form of an administrator, maybe a superintendent. Like, what oh yeah, def- definitely. Or, that you have for yourself in the future? You know, I've had, I've had the opportunity to wait, uh, to work for, um, some incredible, uh, uh, administrators as colleagues that I've been able to, to learn from and grow. Uh, the principal, uh, at Perryton Kinder, Mr. Dent Felix, that guy 
Um, he's a good, good man. Um, he started his career off as a uh, assistant to a butcher at <laughs> a meat market. Wow. Somehow found his way to uh, uh, t- a teacher in an alternative school setting and then became an assistant principal at a junior high and then principal at kinder. Um, he's just a good man. Um, I've had a number of people uh, like Kim that have just I've been able to learn from, uh, but for me specifically, one of the things that I've done that I'm most proud about is my role as a city councilman for the city of Presidio. Uh, one of the biggest projects we did is we received a $20 million grant uh, from Texas for a new international bridge expansion project that added two more lanes from Presidio to Hinaga. Um, we also had, when I came on board in my first term, um, we had five years of discrepant audits, and it was very, very difficult for me uh, to convince the council and uh, mayor to ask for our city administrator, who was also the chief of police at the time, uh, to step down. Um, but all that work, putting aside personal interest to really represent the needs of the stakeholders and fight for what is right, regardless of, of, of who it might negatively impact with respect to your personal friends or whatnot, because, you know, that's, that's also the truth about working in a small community is that somebody's always related to somebody. So you're going to hurt someone. Uh, but at the end of the day, you need to make the right call regardless of who it might potentially hurt. Right. Um, that was really given me a passion for uh, wanting to serve in a larger capacity. So I, in the near sense, I would love to be uh, an assistant superintendent underneath somebody who's just a uh, honorable uh, and and godly person. And I say godly not to not to proselytize or, or, or bring religion into the school system because I know the intent of separation of church and state. But I say that with I've worked for five superintendents here in Perryton uh, in less than four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to speak to that. I'll let I'll let the listeners, you know, make their own judgment calls. You know, when you've got five superintendents in less than four years, uh, obviously uh, something's happening. But um, to find somebody who really is is a leader with the with the intent not to lead, but the intent to serve uh, the community, that's who I want to work for. That's somebody who's passionate about every single child and every single teacher and staff member. Uh, who's who's trying to make the school system better for everyone, not just the right last names, but every single child who walks through that building wants to give them the best educational opportunity for that individual. That's where I want to be. But in the in the long term, my work as a city councilman has led me to believe that um, I'd like to be in Austin someday, uh, helping to fight for um, uh, positive legislation to help better fund our schools and for better accountability. That's not, not a one test at the end of the school year that regardless of whether or not that child was beat the night before or didn't get breakfast or whatever might happen, you know, everything is on the line for this one assessment. You know, I just, I think there's a better way that we can serve our, our kids and, and, and teachers and communities statewide. And, uh, Right now, the goal for me is to be able to work uh, across the state in different regions um, from from rural places, uh, small districts to large metropolitan areas for for just my personal growth to get a better understanding of how to serve. Mm -hmm. Um, 
a variety of districts with a variety of backgrounds and a variety of uh, values and uh, economic status and ethnicities so that I'm a better educator for when hopefully the opportunity comes around that I can uh, create positive uh, lasting change. I'm, I'm coming from a, a seat of, of experience and not just guesswork. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's what I'd like to do eventually is find my way toward, uh, toward Austin. That's awesome, man. And I know you'll do it. Like you're very goal oriented and you're very focused. And I know if there's a will, there's a way. And I know that your, your work ethic and perseverance will definitely guide you there, brother. So without a doubt, and I know, um, you know, one way or another as in, oh, and also let me throw my hat out there and say, like, if there's any way that I can collaborate with you in that aspect, please let me know. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm an open book to that. And I'm excited yeah. for any opportunity. And yeah. you know, if there's anybody with respect to your listenership, uh, your listenership, excuse me, that has specific questions about, you know, um, leadership or, or uh, uh, education, being a teacher, being an administrator. And there's anything that I can do to help. I'm an open book. I, I adamantly believe in, in paying it forward. So if there's any resources that I have, I'm, I'm glad uh, to share and collaborate, give advice, whatever I can potentially do to help edify uh, your listeners. So with that being said, like, how can people reach out to you? Um, what are some ways you know, we can find out more about Dimitri Garcia? The best way to get a hold of me is through my email. That's uh, Dimitri Dean Garcia, D-I-M-I-T-R-I, the letter D, last name Garcia, G-A-R-C-I-A, at gmail.com. Dimitri D. Garcia, if you have questions, if there's anything I can do to help get you in touch with uh, uh, some some of the places that I've been or some of the experiences and help you through maybe some of your personal professional needs, I'm glad to do that. Um, there's a, a huge network of people that I've been able to, to lean on from different service centers to former uh, superintendents that have helped me every step of the way uh, from where I'm at in my, my career. So uh, if I can pay it forward, I'm glad to. I'm glad to. But you can also hit me up. Same thing, Dimitri Garcia uh, at Facebook. Uh, same thing for uh, my uh, Twitter handle. Um, I'm, I'm a little late to the game on the tweet zone, but I'm, I'm getting there. So I'm trying to develop same thing on LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn. It's all Dimitri D. Garcia. You can easily find me. And I'll definitely, I'll be, and most of those pictures right now, I just updated. So I, I literally just got my Aggie ring, right? Mm-hmm. Big whoop for uh gig yeah. of Aggies. So you'll, you'll see the fat guy in a suit with a, a gigam sign and a brand new Aggie ring on most of the profile pics. So it's an awesome picture. It's a really good picture. Um, I'll can, definitely, you, uh, can you hear the kids in the background? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Love your kiddos, dude. Yeah. Oh, I apologize. I apologize. They're having fun. I have no clue what's going on, but they're uh, living their best life. They're living their best life. Hey, it's a Sunday afternoon. They're going to hey, be Sunday, Sunday. Exactly. You know, so we're recording this on a Sunday, by the way, you know, um, the episodes usually release on a Friday, but you know, spoilers, I pre-record. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's not live in the studio. Is that what not, yet, not yet? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm not that fancy. I don't have a studio. <laughs> but um, D, it was a pleasure talking with you, brother. Like every conversation you and I always have is a fun conversation and a great oh, yeah. one. Oh, so, yeah. And I think one of these days, um, definitely uh, your your personal family's experience with, with leadership and serving there in uh, El Paso community. Um, I don't know if your listeners know uh, a lot about um, 
the the Anthony background, but uh, the Ramirez clan, man, uh, has done a lot to serve uh, in education as educators and serve the community of El Paso at large. So there's a story there, brother. There's a story there that I think people need to hear one day. Um, I know I was blessed with the opportunity to hear it, but uh, that might be something for the future. That, that, might, that might be a future episode. The, the <laughs> it, It's in, it's with my, my mom's side of the family. I don't know about my dad's. That's a different story. That's uh yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's all. Yeah, that's a different side story. of family. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely talk about uh, my mom's side of the family one day, uh, the, the Cordova side and everything like that, maybe one day, but um, yeah. So with that being said, D, thank you so much for being a guest on Academics and Amigos, man. Right on. And thank you so much for having me. And again, if there's anything that I can do, um, Academics and Amigos, guys, follow it, like it. There's a TikTok account now for it, man. You, you've got some great things going up and blasting from some uh, future episodes and then past episodes. So, hey, you guys got to uh, be following Anthony Ramirez. This guy, he's a genius. He's up and coming. Uh, click, like, subscribe, all that stuff, whatever you got to do follow this guy anthony knows what he's talking about dude you did my closing statement for me like i didn't even <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so like d thanks so much brother i love you man I, love you I too man you. thank you for having me special thank you to dimitri garcia for being a guest on this week's academics and amigos this week this will be our final episode for a little while. I'm going to take a little break, just a month. And it's not going to be like a long hiatus like the last time. So just a heads up about that. So be sure to check out past episodes of Academics and Amigos. For more on Academics and Amigos, be sure to check out the website www.arramirez.com slash Academics and Amigos. And be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter instagram and facebook we're also on tiktok now so be sure to follow us on tiktok at academics amigos this episode was hosted produced by anthony ramirez also special thanks to kyle colgazer for all his help until next time my friends hasta luego be cool and stay awesome